What's up in the legal tech world? Find out in the Lex Factor briefs. Quick hits on the latest happenings in the industry and discussion from your Lex Factor hosts around their potential impacts on business. Feed your brain and empower your firm at the same time. Welcome to the next episode of Lex Factor Briefs. Yale, I love these episodes. We dive right into articles, new things that are happening out there today. We do. It's it's very, uh, I love how we, we hit it, get new topics. It's it's good. And today we have one talking about three tech trends likely to still impact lawyers in 2022 and beyond. And beyond. Oh my gosh. This was in Legal Tech News. What, what did you think of this article, yo? Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I found it to be, um, there's, there's a lot to be said, um, for the three topics, which, uh, you know, uh, we won't, we won't tease it out. Um, the three topics that they talked about are cryptocurrency, the cloud and uh, remote document review. Uh, mm-hmm. clearly, clearly these are, are, are not fads. These no. are not things that are, are going away anytime soon. And uh, the legal industry, which sometimes can be a little slow to adapt and embrace, um, you know, uh, there needs to be a measured uh, approach to, to all of these things. So uh, I was, I, I found the, the article to, to be interesting. Um, yeah, I, you know, I agree with it. And you know, 99%. I, I do think there's a lot of a lot of these three topics are going on right now. They're going to continue to be a dominant force in the industry. Uh, cloud, definitely. Come on. Everybody's moving to the cloud. Yes. Everything's going in that direction. Your office, your home, your everything is moving towards the cloud. That is uh, pretty much, I feel, unstoppable uh, in this day and age. It, it is more secure. It is allowing us to have more capability, more work from home. So that's a given. We've talked a lot about it on this show. But, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about much is I think really only one or two episodes is cryptocurrency. Yes. And which that's interest- interesting. Yeah. Well, I was I was fascinated to find out that that's not something that was discovered under an Egyptian pyramid. <laughs> um, I love it. Although some people would associate pyramids with Christ- cryptocurrency. But uh, that's uh, for another day and another podcast. Um, cryptocurrency, I, clearly, clearly, this is an area ripe for lawyers um, because it's still kind of the Wild West out mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's a largely unregulated uh, species, shall we say. Um, so there's always an opportunity for attorneys to to jump in, especially when it comes to to litigation. And uh, although it, it, it's not it's not a security, so to speak, but uh, it is akin to that. It is an investment. So there's going to be some liability right. issues and things like that. But where this article put a lot of its focus was on using cryptocurrency as a form of payment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is an area that is still pretty ripe with with uh, potential pitfalls. And the article, I think, correctly uh, pointed that out, that it's a really slippery slope and there are not a whole lot of firms right now that are accepting cryptocurrency uh, as a form of payment. I think there's a lot of ethical issues, uh, especially if you are establishing a, a fee arrangement payable in cryptocurrency. Um because it is so volatile, uh, you run the risk of, uh, of uh, literally overcharging for your services unintentionally. Right. Because if you say, you know, 
uh, one, and I, you know, again, purely hypothetical. If you are charging the client one Bitcoin uh, as, uh, you know, a fixed fee for services, and that Bitcoin is keyed to say fifteen thousand dollars at the time you contract, but at the time the work is done, uh, that you know, Bitcoin is worth only $7,000. Clearly, you're going to eat the loss. But on the other hand, if it's worth $60,000, now all of a sudden, have you charged an excessive fee? So it's going to be fascinating to see how this works out and what the regulatory authorities, what the bars, what uh, the ethical uh, panels and whatnot have to say about uh, how to accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment if you are not immediately liquidating that asset. You know, one thing uh, you touched on, which I'm glad you did, was cryptocurrency from the perspective of paying for, you know, your services for attorneys and things like that. But I think a lot of times, you know, people don't uh, think about cryptocurrency as also NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. Uh, Recently, just to give our listeners some uh, contacts there, there was a picture of a smiling monkey, and that's considered an NFT. Yes, And it was sold just recently for $2,300 US dollars, right? It was supposed to be sold for $230 thousand dollars sounds like litigation right so there these type of cases are going to come up whose fault was that who who do we hold accountable for that and it's the strangest things you know it's a picture of a smiling monkey a smiling animal and that you know it became so famous for that undersell amount and I, I think there's just going to be lots of litigation around these types of uh, units out there. It's not just Bitcoin, but it's also the pictures that they're selling. It's so many different things. Well, now I'm starting to wonder how much some of my high school yearbook photos could <laughs> uh, get on the open market. I mean, I'd be willing to accept $2,300. <laughs> I love so it. That... I love it. It's so strange, too, not to derail us a little bit before going into some of the other topics. But I also just read that... A gentleman threw away a hard drive with $90 billion of cryptocurrency in a junkyard. And I believe somebody had – or a a trash dump maybe. And somebody had purchased the entire company and the dump – to try to find to this, sift through the garbage. That's to amazing. Find this hard drive, yeah. That 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 is absolutely incredible. It, it is and really insane. The last one on here was remote document review. What do you have any thoughts on that one, Yale? Yeah, I I do. Remote document review has traditionally been one of the you know it's it's traditionally been one of those human to human outsourcing uh, processes. Uh, I mean, going back, uh, you know, I've been in the legal industry in some sh- way, shape or form for going on almost four decades now. And this has been one of the most common forms of outsourcing. And now that we are in this highly technical world, obviously it has become, uh, you know, a uh, highly reliant upon technology, not just as far as being able to send documents anywhere to have anybody review them, but also from a quality control standpoint where they're implementing all kinds of surveillance and retinal scans and things like that to make sure that the people to whom they are outsourcing the document review are sufficiently engaged. I mean, they're doing retinal scans, they're doing... um, 
uh, facial uh, uh, analysis to make sure that people are literally locked in on the documents that they're supposed to be reviewing so that they can't just send an invoice and say, yeah, I went through this and and uh, this is, you know, this is what I got out of all those documents. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, security issues there, not just with, you know, as far as capturing the identity and capturing the facial scan of the people doing the work, but also who's behind that screen? Who is sitting in, uh, you know, the at the kitchen table where somebody is doing this electronic document review? Right. So it's, there's all kinds of, of it's issues. It's a wild, isn't up. it? It's it just is. a wild world. You know, this, this article is titled Still Impact Lawyers. Um, and I know this isn't a huge topic right now, but I truly believe I'm calling it out here on the brief that I think it's going to be a big impact in 2022 is deep fakes. I think I'm reading more and more about uh, people creating their own deep fakes and trying to use it in court cases as evidence. Evidence, yes. And I think that's going to become more and more impactful in litigation in the coming year just because the technology to do that has become more and more accessible. Well, what it also means is that there is a burgeoning market for expert witnesses who are going to be able to identify and debunk Mm -hmm. deepfakes. So it behooves uh, every single law firm. It it pretty much it's getting to be at just about any level of litigation, any time. Uh, that you might have to go in and contest a piece of photographic or Mm -hmm. video or audio evidence, you are going to need to have access to a quality expert witness who is going to be able to go in and either, you know, verify or debunk every single piece piece. of evidence that comes into court. So I I think that's one area that this article missed. But other than that, I'm feeling like, Definitely, all of these trends are going to continue into 2022. I I would agree. That's going to do it for this installment of the Lex Factor Briefs. Be sure and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and like and share on social media. For Brad, this is Yale thanking you for listening. Talk again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.